What's up, Chris? What are you doing? Yo, dude. I don't know. Uh, week two? New, I know. New, back new on it. Two? Yeah. I'm excited, man. So much music to talk about today. I know. Dude, I've been listening to so much, and I think I normally do anyways, but you know, we announced last week about the record label and a lot of stuff that we're doing. And, um, just, I mean, I, I hate to, this is going to sound pretentious and I don't mean it that way, but like scouting out new music, you know, just trying to stay up on what's going on. This is like the perfect time for that. I mean, every, you know, I don't want to say we're coming out of COVID because I don't, I don't really think we are, but I think people were starting to see some of the new music that, that is coming out from that COVID period. And there's just so much both kind of on the, underground scene and on like you know the indie label scene there's so many good records coming out good singles i'm so excited so by accident um i stumbled into a instagram live last night from a band called stealing home from california nice and they were just kind of showing off some of the covers that they're working on and dude they do a cindy lopper girls just want to have fun that's coming out <laughs> yeah. and it absolutely jams it's it's my four-year strong style guitar nice like it, it dude i'm i'm stoked on that but myself uh as we listen to in the pre-show here i can't get over the new real friends ep i hope there's it's more songs so on it i'm sure there are but it's that dude i think we talked about it briefly last episode as well yeah, just releasing songs. It's, I didn't know how good they were until this I week. know. I know, man. I've I've really just been digging into those. They're so good. But um, hey, we've got I don't think we've said it yet. We've got our friend uh Corey Withrow on uh as well. Um from the carousel predicament. Corey, you hi, wanna say Corey. hi? Corey. Hello. So Corey, uh what are you jamming right now? What, what are you listening your... to? I don't think you have a tape deck, but if you had a tape deck or an eight track, eight track, be, uh, that's what we ought to do. My first vehicle had an eight track player. Uh, I played Journey and Def Leppard on it. But Corey, what what what's in your eight track? <laughs> uh, I'm listening to a lot of weird stuff. Like started getting into churches. Okay. Recently. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like some nice. weird kind of '80s pop, but new. Right. Then 1975 and listen to them a lot. Only because my I, producer swears to the greatest band alive. He loves them, man. I, I feel like I'm not cool enough. Like I'm not in like the hip crowd. So because of that, I don't understand them. I feel like you have to have, you know, like really fancy friends to understand understand 1975. I don't, I don't know. So for anybody listening that doesn't really know us. Corey's band is produced by Jeff Rockwell, who also produces Steve and I's band further north. And I can't tell you how many times we've probably wasted more time than we should have arguing <laughs> yeah. over bands because Jeff doesn't like anything that we like, and he likes the most obscure stuff. I say obscure. I guess 1975 isn't really obscure, but no. it's just kind of out there for what we are and what I yeah. always thought Jeff was into. Um, but he lost me whenever he said he doesn't listen to the starting line or or brand new or any of the so stuff that we grew up on. That's just awkward. He's very like a five iron frenzy, 
MXPX family. He's 100% style. like a tooth and nail kid. I know. But not yeah. like a newer tooth and nail kid, like a late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. Like Staves Acre and yeah, 90 it's pound just a, There's like a 10-year period of tooth and nail he likes. So Jeff's a great dude, man. He's awesome. So what, what else, uh, Corey, are you listening to? Uh, a lot of state champs. A lot of standard oh, yes. players. State champs, and like those are good. State yours champs just put out another, two songs. Yep. And yours truly, a lot of female uh, pop punk fronted projects I've been nice. checking out. Yeah. I think Stan Atlantic's probably the best one I'm currently listening to. I feel like they're picking up steam. I think they've been kind of seen. They've been doing it for a while. Yeah. I know yeah. they've been a band for a while, and they're 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 getting somewhere, which is good, you know. Obviously, right. we don't like no stagnant bands around here. Seriously. Well, um, I've been I've been kind of all over the place. I love uh, there's this band. I think the dudes from uh, England called Passion Flower, and they dropped a single about uh, six months ago, I think, called Picture Perfect. Um, and it's it's got a lot a lot of energy and i i really like it they dropped another single recently and it wasn't you know as like the energy wasn't there that i was kind of expecting but that's that's really good i'm digging that um, the real friends is cool there's also that I, i've been revisiting that um sundressed and nominee split yes which is really really good there's they both that. have well Sundress already put out their new record. Oh, but, did they? Yeah. I didn't check that out. And Nominees is supposed to come out here pretty soon. That band. Yeah. For for all the Texas music that's out there right now, you know, there's a ton of really good music here. There's a lot. But Nominee, man, I can listen to them they're so, every, they're every so day, good. all day. That band is so good. And they're great dudes. Yeah. So there's uh there's that Sundress song, so poetic. Mm-hmm that um it's on the split I, I yeah i just love that the melody on the chorus it's just such and the just how kind of sing-songy that it's just very kind of playfully written you know um uh, very lighthearted, but it's also like self-deprecating so i love how it just kind of feels like we're self-deprecating but also very sing-songy and silly about it I, I, don't, I don't know i can't really explain it but i love artistically what they're doing there it's really cool I've always said that's what Brand New's very first record felt like to me was like yeah the most true. self-deprecating lyrically yeah but then he, your favorite weapon you're talking about yeah but then there's such yeah. happy songs the I, you know Fallout Boy did the same thing and that was the thing that it it like those bands I started to realize man the emo influence the late '90s emo lyrical influence was really penetrating the pop punk scene around the mid 2000s and i thought that was cool it's one of my favorites the pop punk thing where we just talk trash about girls all day it just gets boring after a while because it's like dude at some point in time we gotta admit if every girl you date is a problem it's probably not the girls it's probably you yeah it's probably the jerk what's the you know, common like, denominator here like taylor swift like maybe you're just choosing bad people or maybe maybe you're immature but dude. i feel that way with pop punk you know but but that kind of emo thing where it's like self-reflective and I, I really, really like that. I would date Taylor to get a song out of it. <laughs> I, 
do I tell your wife or no? Don't tell her that. That between us, okay? Cool. <laughs> just between the three of us, nobody else hears it's me this. Or just Taylor Swift look like a ferret. A ferret. A ferret. Wow. <laughs> Doesn't she though? Like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I don't know. I'm I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, but uh. <laughs> Chris had the most ferreted face I've ever seen. Whoa. But, uh... <laughs> really? Self-deprecating much? I got to throw someone under the bus. Dude, it's always me. I am yeah. the bus tire. Yeah, that's right. Anyways. All right. Well, uh, as we yeah, move sorry, from Chris. as we move from bully 2K21, <laughs> Corey, you have a new song coming out for the Carousel Predicament, right? I do. Uh, called Teleport. Nice. I believe it's dropping October 1st. October nice. 1st. That's soon. Assuming I uh, set the whole date up right on uh, the show. Nice. <laughs> right, right. Like nice. Singles ago, like we set the date and like I woke up the next morning. And it's like it was already showing view count. I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be out in like three weeks. <laughs> right. I missed on that one. But. So is That's there awesome. like a pre-save link for it and how can we get to it and all that? Uh, yeah, there's going to be. Uh, I haven't actually, I guess you're the first person to know it's going to drop October 1st. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, there'll be a pre-save link for definitely Spotify and probably Apple Music uh, probably here in the next week, early next week. Cool. So if we follow you on Facebook, we'll be able to find that, right? Yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Those are awesome. like the two main things that I'll be on. Nice. Cool. What's your... the uh, what's what's the feeling of the song? What's the like? How can what can we anticipate about it? <laughs> uh, kind of a downer song, shocker. Like every <laughs> single one of my songs. Uh, <laughs> no, it's kind of about my not kind of about it. it's about my relationship with my mom. Now it's pretty strained and fractured, mm-hmm. and basically just the song is about me saying basically you know i love you i care about you i wish for you the best but i have to root for you from afar because that's the only that's the healthiest relationship i can have with her so it's kind of about just that relationship hopefully it grows beyond that but that's what it is that's a pretty intense song lyrically yeah i mean i I, my first response is that's awesome and then then I'm like, well, I'm not, it's not awesome that the relationship is what it is, but it sounds like you're in a healthy place as far as recognizing, you know, uh, boundaries and, and all of that. And I think that's important. Another thing that I think is missing from emo and pop punk, you know what I mean? Like setting those boundaries, finding the healthiest way to engage with friends and family. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, um, that's awesome that you're, modeling that for people steve i think you and i have talked about it and we've said before even though like it sucks that you have to be vulnerable and put yourself Mm -hmm. out there for so much of that music that creates some of the best music yep and you know i mean you can't you can't be happy 24 7 and you can't complain about a girl 24 7 you know life there's plenty of other parts of life that you get involved with but so what we're trying to say is that's awesome that you have a new song coming out, but I'm sorry that it's uh, yeah. <laughs> lyrically not not the happiest subject. Well, it's the last song on the EP too, so uh, going out on a downer, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But then again, you know, the authenticity shows through, right? Like, I think that's the thing is um, the authenticity, the vulnerability, willing to share that with people speaks beyond just like, you know, a sappy love song kind of thing. Not not that sappy love songs are bad or anything, but um, I think, you know, if you have this song in your heart, this is the song to put out, you know? So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see how people receive this and uh, and everything else. I think if I actually sang and wrote like lyrics, I'd probably probably be like the next Elliot Smith and just be like the most depressed <laughs> person ever. And I don't mean Elliot Smith as in like talent wise, because there's definitely not that. I'm just saying like I would be Mr. Crybaby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So, Corey, here on this podcast, we like to ask people about your favorite record stripe what convinced you to pick up a guitar or to start singing or do whatever kind of instrumentation you prefer so we're going to ask you what that is what's your favorite record uh i would say probably the most well favorite record in regards to like what made me want to play this genre i play in yeah probably be newfound glory self-titled record yes very solid yeah on cd sitting on my floor with my like, <laughs> giant boombox and the first song was like hit or miss and the way that song ends we just say it's like better off like dead acapella like my mind was blown i was like it was the greatest ending to any song ever and the only song i knew by then was hit or miss because i caught like the last 30 seconds of that song i think on mtv2 or fuse or something back in the day i was like what is this amazing song like i got like 20 seconds of it and then you know, back then there was no YouTube, so you couldn't just listen to it on repeat. Like you had to officially have the music. I think I ran out and bought it. And yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying you bought music? I can't believe that you ever know, happened. When did that happen? <laughs> With a store that sold nothing but CDs. Was this and a Sam Goody? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little shop. It's actually still there. I don't know how this nice. place is still there. Like That's in insane. Spring, Texas, called Music Town. Remember, I played a show there. It was really, really just me singing. I think there's like the owner, maybe one guy who like heard it and then left. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was listening to like boy bands, so I was in there trying to do my best Backstreet Boys impression. Dude, I would have loved to. Uh, <laughs> I would have loved to have had video of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but shout out to Music Town. That dude's Seriously. still holding it down. Nice. Nice. That, I mean, that that record is that self-titled is just such a groundbreaking, I think, just influential record. It's actually pretty short. It's like right at like 36 minutes, but it came out. All, I love all the details, uh, Corey, if you don't know. So Chris and I, we love to go through this stuff. So it came out in 2000. It was obviously drive through. Uh, produced by Neil Avron and Neil he's done so much he's done like Everclear that so much for the Afterglow record but he's also done like, like Yellow Ocean Card. Avenue and yeah oh yeah he's done like uh Anne Berlin and Switchfoot and FTSK All Time Low I mean he's just done like like Say Anything I'm mean, just so many big bands just a, a lot of really really cool stuff I realized he did for the biggest kids. Yeah, I think the Jack. Oh um, yeah, that's I the one. Did. Like the one record they put out on Fearless. 
Yeah, he he did like Lincoln Park also, like Sarah Bareilles. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff um, that just kind of tells you like just how versatile the guy is. Uh, but I think this record is like early in his kind of discography. Yeah, I, think th- so, I think this is one of his early ones. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I've obviously being being in the band that I'm in, I've listened to Newfound since I was like 15. Yep. So. I've watched a lot of documentaries or interviews or something, you know, anything else to do with them. And Chad Gilbert, the guitar player from Newfound, constantly talks about how Neil, like, if it wasn't for him, that they don't yeah. believe self-titled would have been what it was. Right. And also, he said that there are th- two or three different versions of Hit or Miss because they didn't like Neil's at first and they had another producer That's funny. mix it. <clears throat> So, dude, I I love the little point. I love that. Yeah, facts. It's also funny. It's funny to know that sometimes the first iteration of that record is not the one that you've heard. Like, mm-hmm. MXPX had that with um, um, uh, Life in General, right? Like, they went to go record Life in General, and it just didn't hit. So they had to go back and like re-record it. And it's interesting to know that sometimes those uh, earlier records you know, were a completely different iteration. It'd be interesting to go revisit those to find out, you know, did they make the right choice or not? Did you know, too, that main riff in Hit or Miss was written by the drummer, Cyrus? I didn't know I that. I didn't know that. You did? And it's, that's, that's probably, like, short of, like, My Friends Over You, that's probably their most recognizable riff. Mm. But, yeah. That's cool. Give the drummer some credit. So uh, yeah, I'll give the drummer credit. Corey, what 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 about that record is made you want to pick up a guitar and do that? Like the, the time of your life was it just the songs? That's Green Day full. with you. Shut up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was listening to really obscure like street punk at the time, like mm-hmm. the straight out of the pit compilation stuff. Okay, which are like really obscure, like Ten Foot Pole and. Melon Collin and H2O yeah. and stuff like that, which I liked, but it wasn't quite like the sound I really wanted to hear. Sure. And I ignored Blink-182 for whatever reason, just because everybody was listening to him at the time. I was like, ah, I'm too cool for that, you know, my teenage brain. <laughs> and yeah, I stumbled upon Newfound randomly on like Fuse or something. And then hearing that kind of breakdown at the end of Hit or Miss, I was like, yeah, there we go. And he had that whiny higher pitched voice which is always has been more appealing to me than like a lower kind of bass voice yeah <laughs> but yeah i was just started playing guitar taking guitar seriously at the time so i was still trying to figure out what kind of sound those i started off listening to mostly alternative bands like bush and live and i was doing that and it was cool but i was like eh, you know and then I think finding that type of pop punk like views with the alternative inspiration was probably what led me to kind of going in that direction. That makes sense. I think. So you, okay. So you said real quick, and then I'll let you ask a question, but I got to know, you said that at, around that time you were learning guitar. What guitar were you playing on? The first, well, I have a family of musicians. So my first oh. actual guitar that I had to play on was like, a hollow body Gibson. 19- oh my <laughs> God. It was amazing, right? And I was just like, oh, that's, Come on. that's not fair. My oh, first guitar, 
<laughs> well, I didn't get to keep it, but well, I was yeah, definitely like, still, jamming on it. That's cool. And then I was like, reality set. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy my own guitar. Yeah. So me and not a hollow body Gibson. Yeah. I bought a Squire that I still have to this yeah, day. This good. Red's stickered up. I got my red Squire <laughs> Strat also. My very <laughs> first guitar. My very first guitar was a pawn shop court and it was horrible. <laughs> I thought like I almost quit playing guitar. I almost didn't want to play guitar anymore at all yeah. because my hands hurt so bad from that thing. And then once I played an actual guitar that was set up correctly and played right, then it was cool. But yeah. dude, that beat the crap out of my hands. I uh, I found uh, an old beat up acoustic in my attic and, and we live in Texas. So you know, just imagine like the warped, but it was like an unbranded guitar. I still to this day don't know. It's probably like a three quarter size guitar. So small, just nasty. And all the strings were rusted. And I like, I, I bled, my fingers bled playing it. And we had found me and my brothers found a old M uh, old Metallica like tab book. And so we were going through the tabs, like playing just horrible, you know, Metallica ripoffs and uh and that's how i learned and then somebody started printing off like uh, uh tabs of other songs for me and then eventually after i finally got to you know i was like i'm gonna follow through with this i went and got that Str squire strat as well which i still have and were you I'd about to, to say were you about to say mxtabs.net uh, no i i almost said mxpx tabs Do but you then remember? i was like no not mxpx do you remember mxtabs.net at all? I don't know. That's that I taught myself to play guitar learning Blink-182 songs from there. From <laughs> MX learning, tabs. Yeah, yeah, tabs. That's cool. I mean, I, I if you didn't learn by tabs then, you know, you and I can't be friends. The That's day the I remember the day that I learned the beginning the anthem song part 2, I <laughs> thought I was on the road to stardom. Mhm. Mm That's funny. That's so hilarious. uh so okay, so that record was groundbreaking for you. It was is there any other record that you would say it's like up there um contending for your most influential or your your favorite record? Uh Take This to Your Grave by Fallout Boy. Yes. I saw them way back in the day at the old door with Yes. Opened up for Allister. Yeah. And there was like 25 maybe 30 people there it's just before obviously they blew up from under the court but yeah i've actually told chris this story but i was looking for a band at the time i was there with my sister <laughs> and i didn't know much about uh fallout boy because i'd only heard like 20 seconds of uh dead on arrival which is, like the first song i heard in like some commercial somewhere so i went to the show on a whim looking for musicians <laughs> and this dude walked in with a mohawk and i was like Oh, that dude looks like a musician. And uh, I was like, well, I was kind of gun shy to talk to anybody back then. I was like, well, I'll, let me get comfortable and then I'll talk to him like after I build up some courage. Well, he walked right past me and on stage to find out it was Pete Wentz. <laughs> so I should have asked him in hindsight uh, to join my band, but looks like I guess he was in a slightly better band than me at the time. Yeah. It's crazy to think that that was one of the earlier releases from feel by ramen like right fbr that's that is such a massive album and if it wasn't for that record i'm not saying fbr you wouldn't by have ramen panic at the disco but 
No, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure they still would have put stuff out, but that record and, and a couple others really, I'm sure, gave them that injection of cash to kind of become what they did. So that record came out in 2003, uh, recorded by Sean O'Keefe, who also did uh, Spitalfield, Motion City, uh, Duval. By the way, if you don't know Duval, very cool band. That's the lead singer of uh, Smoking Popes. Um, Punchline, Motion City, Lesson Jake, Hawthorne Heights, just a bunch of different um, cool bands Sean has recorded. So um, that's another really influential record. I think that's a, and, and I think that's like classic Fallout Boy era to me. Oh, 100%. I'm not a, not yeah. a fan of where they win the last couple of records, but. Um, I think that's a uh, that's a staple for pop punk as a genre yeah. in general. But also that was the first record that I heard people doing the the self-deprecating like the detrimental yeah, right song lyrics over ha- super happy, you know, super happy music. So well, the th- the funny thing about them is I didn't understand most of their music lyrically until hmm. I got older. <laughs> and I was like, "Man, he really does not like this chick." Right. Um, I, you know, I actually, I think um, there's a lot of dudes who were like into punk rock, probably still are, who cannot stand Fallout Boy for that very reason. I think, you know, Fallout Boy is, especially this record, is so influential. It kind of helped change the trajectory. I don't want to overstate it, but helped change the trajectory of the scene. And, you know, there's people who hate Fallout Boy, I, I believe, for that reason. You know, it's like, they want to be kind of more skate punk, lag wagon, you know, blink, which I love all that stuff too. But there's just like a, I don't know, you know, like an intense emotional uh, feeling that comes from, you know, those lyrics, which I, I think is just a really cool aspect of who they are. And that changed uh, the scene where you really started seeing more kind of emotive lyrics and vulnerability and, you know, self-reflection and, and, and all of that. So I, I, I think sometimes it's easy to just kind of like look at fallout boy and say, Oh, they're this huge band and forget just how like groundbreaking that, that record was and how tiny of a band they were. Like Corey, you said, you saw them at the door. I saw them at the door too, probably around the same time with like census fail. And uh, I forget who else was on that tour. But I mean, there was, it it wasn't a packed show, right? I mean, it was just a tiny, tiny show. And I wasn't even there for them. I just remember seeing Pete going crazy. And I'm like, he's not even the lead singer. And he's doing that backwards spinning thing with the bass. What is happening? I just remember thinking like, this band has a lot of energy. I mean, I had no idea they'd become what they did, but you could definitely see at those early stages, there was something special about them. so yeah, that crazy. records. I just saw them, like I just saw them in San Diego at the Hello Mega tour, and I looked at my sister who was there with me at that show too. <laughs> from the door to like right, you know, Petco Stadium. Can like, you imagine opening yeah. for Green Day? I mean, it's yep, crazy. That's amazing. I still think that I was original by having an AIM name that was Hey Chris back in the day. 
but that's <laughs> not at all original. And I didn't realize that until I listened to that that record. And I was like, oh, I'm not, I am not Hey Chris. That's so funny. That's awesome, man. I loved it though. Such a good, such a good record. It's cool to see that, you know, both those records are so influential for you as well, because those are, those are important for me. Um, but awesome, dude. I, I'm so thankful that you took some time. I know you're super busy, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that you came and, and hung out with us. Uh, is there anything that you would like to, to end with? I know you said you've got um, that new so- song coming out October 1st. It's going to be on Spotify. It'll be on Apple. Um, and I know you got some music videos on YouTube. So obviously go check those out as well. But what else? Um, I've got, yeah, I've got some stuff, some releases coming up uh in the near future so anybody who's where it's like well it's the last thing well yeah let's leave it at that there's more to come don't be shy (laughs) don't be shy don't be shy we heard the first single from the new record i don't know what there's a new record there is a new ep yeah and i'm stoked about it and it is so good so it's good to know that this, uh, the last single off your your previous EP, I guess, is uh, is not the last we're going to hear from you. So we got more to come. Yeah. Awesome. So it, if I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth, which I am, uh, but I want to see you live, right? Because your your music speaks to me, and I need to see you. Where could I uh, where could I come and and watch you live? <laughs> uh, it looks like you can watch both of us live. Here okay, pretty cool. soon at Deal. a sick tight fest. I believe we're both on that bill. Are there playing that? Yeah. September 25th. Yep. It's a Saturday morning. Saturday. Yep. That's a couple weeks from now. Awesome. Yeah. So come out to Denton. We'll um, be there. And there's Killers Tacos. Yeah, Killers Tacos. There's gonna be a ton of really cool bands playing that bill. Um, so a bunch of our friend bands. Uh, that i can speak for uh are going to be on that show so that's that's a fun show just because you know sometimes you 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 end up playing these shows where you're like who are these bands what's happening you know but everybody on that bill is going to be a lot of fun but i'm i'm excited we played a couple months ago together um but i'm excited to see you again and, and get on the same stage with you and i'm excited to hear what's what's coming out and we're gonna have you back on um the podcast again uh, when that new record starts to drop but we're so happy that you came and hung out with us go follow Corey. uh the band is carousel predicament right uh but if i wanted to friend you on facebook or would you accept a friend invite from random people listeners more than likely, yeah. More than likely. <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> Unless you look like super sketch in your picture, I'll probably probably me. It. I do look sketch. What if I get I get uh, friend requests all the time from people that have really weird names and it's like Maxim photos. All right. You got, do you guys right. get those? All the time. I have to explain Instagram to my wife. Alert, so. Instagram. I have to tell my wife all the time. I don't know who this is. <laughs> I have All right, no Corey, idea. What we like to do, we like to give our guests the last word. So we're gonna we're gonna shut up 
and we're going to give you the last word on the podcast. It can be whatever you want, be inspirational, funny or whatever, but you, uh, you close us out. Oh man, I feel put on the spot. That's the point. That's the point. Yeah. yeah you're supposed to I'm trying to squeeze. We should it have just you. closed it at that. I feel put on the spot. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, well, everybody should know Marvel is definitely better than DC. Oh, here we go. And, uh, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole nother podcast. Sorry. Starting. We, we said we said we weren't gonna say anything, Chris. Shut up. Yeah. This is my time, Chris. <laughs> wow. I like it. I sound like Agent Smith in the Matrix. Now is my time. <laughs> no, uh just want to say thank you to anybody who's checked out the carousel predicament. Uh shout out to you guys, shout out to Jeff Rockwell. Dude is amazing. Uh, shout out to Paul Mute. Shout out to basically everybody. Uh, yeah. I also want to give advice. I don't think a lot of mu- musicians do this enough, but <clears throat> keep pursuing it. Keep grinding. You know what I mean? Like just keep chasing your dreams. And uh, it's hard. It's a grind, but definitely worth it. Do it for the love of it, and the results will come secondary. I like that's that, awesome. dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's thank you. I, I needed that. I would have closed it. <laughs> that's correct. Awesome. We love y'all. We will talk to y'all soon. We'll have another episode in your ears soon. But um, like, share on Facebook, and we will talk to y'all later. Carousel Adios. predicament. Check it out. Carousel. See Adios. you later.